Good morning. It's a Wednesday. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL and all of its platforms, including 1450 AM, 103.9 on the FM dial in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com, meaning wherever you go, wherever you go on vacation, uh, or on business, or wherever you can take WKXL with you. A little touch of home wherever you are. And uh, joining us in studio this morning, Dan Weed. You hear him uh, many times a day here on uh, WKXL, one of our great advertisers here on the station from Weed Family Automotive. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you, Ken. Good to have be back in the studio with you. It's great to have you here. And folks, if you have any questions comments, views, ideas about your automobile, how it's running or how it's not running, we want to hear from you this morning. If you have any automotive questions for Dan, uh, the number is 603-224-1450. Just like it's amazing how that works out. Imagine huh? that. 1450 on the AM dial, and that's our phone number. How easy is what that? What a coincidence. Huh? 603-224-1450. Give us a call. Give us a call, and uh, Dan will be happy to uh, try and diagnose the issue that uh, you're having uh, with your vehicle. Another thing I, I wanted to mention, Dan, before we uh, talk about uh, cars in, in general, but uh, I think... And, and you see a lot more cars. You know, you see cars coming into your shop uh, all the time at 124 Story Street uh, in Concord. But I think New Hampshire must lead the nation in vanity plates. I believe I recall many, many years ago that there was a statistic that per capita, yeah. New Hampshire had the highest per capita rate of vanity plates anywhere else in the country. Right. There might be states with more, but probably states with much larger populations exactly. than, right. than right. New Hampshire. But I think per capita, uh, and, and I was I was going to start a segment on this on the show, and I think we'll start it right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to make that declaration right now. We're starting it right now called Vanity Insanity. Vanity How about insanity. that? Vanity <laughs> Insanity. I mean, you see some crazy ones. You do. And, yes. and, and I just, just yesterday afternoon and a couple this morning, uh, you know, but you see them all the time. I mean, I, I, I have to think you're absolutely right that per capita, New Hampshire has the most vanity license plates. Yeah. There's no doubt. And obviously the process has changed a little bit too from we used to be able to go in and, all right, I'd like this plate. But now they actually uh, have to go through and approve what you want for a vanity plate right, because right. there was a lawsuit not too long ago uh, between the state and a license plate holder uh, based on, I believe it was freedom of speech because he had a plate that said IH8DCYF. And uh, obviously that went through the court system yeah. and they revamped the entire vanity plate process. And I, I thought that uh, I was going to lose my vanity plate. Really? Yes. Which is? Uh, or, do you want to mention it? Yeah. So yeah. My, my vanity plate is weed. 
Okay. To, for yep, my last yep, name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and yes, it does get some attention. I'm sure it does. Um, I'm sure it does. As a matter of fact, it got so much attention, somebody decided they needed it more than I did last year. So. Uh, more, more, more weed than you do. <laughs> and, and my license plate to go with it. Yes. <laughs> but just just between uh, you know, in in traffic yesterday or at a parking lot, uh, I saw one was the fifth. It was T-H-E, the letter five, and then T-H, the mm-hmm. fifth. Uh, two, two, uh, T-Z, T-O, T-O, T-O-O. So it was two, two, two. Yep. Yeah. Uh, monkey, I saw monkey today on, uh, on a New Hampshire plate. Uh, yesterday I saw B.D. Wolf, which I imagine stands for bad wolf. Okay. Right? Uh, canoe, I saw. Yeah. I, I didn't see a canoe on the car, but a canoe on the plate. Maybe that's for the canoe restaurants? Uh, I, I maybe, know. maybe. Or uh, yeah, another one I saw was, oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> O-H-S-H-O-O-T. Oh, shoot. Yeah, and I saw one yesterday uh, yeah. for the for the Scooby-Doo fans. Uh, uh, yeah. rut <laughs> Oh, okay. So there you go. I mean, it, uh, there is a lot of creativity out there. Yeah. Uh, with those uh, vanity plates. So uh, a little section of our show, we might dedicate a portion uh, a couple of times a week to uh, vanity insanity. <laughs> okay. There you go. So if anybody knows of a, a uh, unusual or uh, something that caught their eye in terms of a, a license plate, a vanity plate, uh, let us know about it as well because we will be happy to uh, take your calls and uh, put you on the air at uh, 603 224 one four five zero six zero three two two four fourteen fifty. So Dan Weed, Weed Family Automotive. What is going on in the uh, automotive industry these days? Oh, ins- insanity. <laughs> <laughs> insanity. Insanity. Yeah. That's the word of the day. Right, insanity. Right. We'll, we'll use that for our. Uh, Phrase of the day. How's yes. That? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's vanity insanity or automotive yeah. insanity, it's right. all craziness. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're running into more and more supply chain issues, uh, not only with the delivery of parts, but now we're starting to see in our world issues with the quality of the parts coming through. We've had several cars over the last month or two with repeat failures of Mm -hmm. certain parts. And, of course, that also reflects on us and looks bad on us. But when it comes down to a part failure like that, you know, it's unfortunately out of our hands, but flip side is it's a reflection on what we do as well you know when we try the best we can to get good quality parts we don't like to use uh inferior parts we try to get the good stuff that's out there but you know this has run the gamut from our everyday aftermarket parts all the way up through oe equipment so you know your factory and dealer parts as well we're seeing it all across the board you know so not only are we fighting the lack of ability to get the parts to us, right. but now we're starting to see quality control issues within these parts themselves. So it makes our job that much harder. You know, all of a sudden you replace a known bad part with what's supposed to be a good part, and all of a sudden now you're chasing this problem all over again, and you know, it creates a, a time issue for us as well because now you start to second-guess yourself. Well, I just put this brand-new part in, it can't be bad. Uh, and unfortunately, we're finding more and more often that that new part that we just put in uh, is once again the culprit. And again, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no quick fix to it. It's just something that we're dealing with, unfortunately, in our everyday work life. 
Because the supply chain issues have been so severe over the past, well, couple of years now, uh, do you think now there's an effort being made to make up for lost time and uh, maybe the manufacturers are, are rushing just a little bit, Not the quality control isn't there? Uh, what it, What is your diagnosis? <laughs> I, I think that it's going to become a manufacturing issue more than anything. And to look at our supply chain here in the States, we don't have, unfortunately, any more the manufacturing capability that I've seen that we used to have. So we need to start bringing these you know, chip manufacturers back into the States, mm -hmm. the electronic supply components back into the States. And I think you start to see in the industrial world, in the automotive manufacturing world, you're going to start to see some of that happen more and more. Uh, as quickly as we need it to be, no, but I think it's you'll see it get ramped up in the next two years or so, three years, yeah. uh, you know, because obviously you can't just build a factory overnight. Right. And so in order to get this to happen, it's going to take a couple of years to really fix the problem. And so we really need to invest in our manufacturing infrastructure here in the country. You know, and I hearken back to the days of World War II when, you know, everything was made right here in the States. You know, it, nothing was shipped out and we built everything right here. And I think we need to look at that all over again. You know, is there truly a cost advantage to shipping the stuff overseas to be manufactured and bringing it back. And, and so what is the true advantage of it? Is it the fact that they're producing it so much less expensively or is it uh, environmental issues, environmental regulations? What, what is the, the huge impetus for sending our manufacturing world overseas into, in, into other countries? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you were mentioning on a, on a previous program that some of the biggest names in auto parts, those parts are even being manufactured overseas. Yeah. 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 And, I, I, I mean, you name it. You think of a, the, the, the brand name of a, of a quality auto part, and chances are they're no longer being made in this country. Exactly, right. You yeah. know, I, in reference to your case in point, I was doing a, a service on a, a GM vehicle, and I went to put in a set of AC Delco AC spark Delco, plugs. Yeah. And that AC Delco spark plug was made in China. I couldn't tell you how more disappointed I was I, when I yeah. saw that on the box. Yeah, uh, uh, I know. I mean, it, it really hits home when you see it, right? Up close and personal yeah. like that. Yeah, it, it really does. So, I mean, uh, well, I mean, what is it going to take to uh, uh, to do it? I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's it, you know, it's years down the road, I'm sure, be, before we get more you know, auto parts manufacturers back in this country, but what is it going to take? That's our cliffhanger question, folks. What is it going to take to get more auto part manufacturers back in this country so we won't have these supply chain issues uh, anymore? Dan Weed is with us, Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. If you have a question for Dan, feel free to give us a call. 603-224-1450-603-224-1450. It's Kale and Company Live. We'll continue right after these words on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Welcome you back. It is Kale and Company live on this Wednesday morning. Great to have you along with us. Dan Weed with us today from Weed Family Automotive, conveniently located at 124 Stores Street in Concord. You can give them a call at 603-225-7988 to make an appointment. 
And if you'd like to get uh, some immediate automotive advice from Dan Weed, give us a call right here, right now, 603-224-1450. And uh, Dan would be happy to answer your uh, call and uh, give you some uh, great advice as well. And uh, Dan has been searching the Internet during the break, and he has come up with a uh, a Facebook page, right? A Facebook page or there, a website? There's a Facebook group. A Facebook de- group. Dedicated to vanity plates. Oh, okay. And New Hampshire vanity plates. Yes. All right. Very good. Uh, of which there are a lot. Uh, and if you have a vanity plate or spotted a vanity plate recently that you'd like to share with us, you can also uh, give us a call, 603 224 1450. Lots of creativity out there in terms of the vanity plates that we see in the state of New Hampshire. So what is it going to take, uh, Dan, to get more uh, auto part or just basically manufacturing plants uh, up and running again uh, in this country? I think it's going to take some investment from not not only the industry itself or or many industries across the board, but uh, Maybe some government input at this point and to see uh, some incentives to reopen some of these plants again. I know that there's been uh, several articles talking about the steel plants in the Midwest and, and you know, southern states to reopen the production of these long-shuttered steel plants. You yeah. know? And that, that in itself is going to help us out. But, you know, what's it going to take to bring the electronics manufacturing back uh, and, and most of the manufacturing jobs that are out there? You know, is it a is it a pay issue? Is it a workforce issue? Is it a you know raw materials issue? And I, I think they're at this point they're all combining, unfortunately, to work against us. Or is it in, in some cases it may be a tax uh, issue, right? Uh, in terms of uh, you know what different uh, states have in terms of tax structure, uh, but you know, and I think there are some states out there right now that are, are trying to get uh, businesses to come back by uh, giving companies and manufacturers uh, tax credits in their state and, right. and, or, or maybe uh, property, maybe give them property to, to build on at, at no charge. Right. I mean, uh, you take a look at the, the big three auto manufacturers, you know, Ford, GM, Chrysler, yeah. and they used to dominate Detroit and the Michigan yeah, area. Sure. And, and now you take a look and – Unfortunately, our auto hub is now in the southern part of our country. Mm. You know, you look at South Carolina, you look at Alabama, Georgia. These three southern states have now become the auto industry hub, and unfortunately not for our big three, but you're looking at BMW, Honda, Toyota, Hyundai, and and several others have built these huge manufacturing facilities in the southern part of our country. And unfortunately, Detroit is, is... struggling to stay alive at this point. Yeah, it probably costs a lot less money to do business in those states you mentioned down south than it is in a major metropolitan city like Detroit. Right, and, yeah. you know, to what you alluded to is that the tax incentives, yeah. uh, the state's offering some sort of rebates to these companies to be able to build and bring the jobs there. I mean, yeah. and the auto manufacturing jobs are not uh, – underpaid jobs. They're, they're very well done. And, yeah. and most of them have, in some cases, union support, which can go either way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's a huge thing. When you're talking a workforce of, you know, five to 10,000 people, that's not something to scoff at. No, and what, what is it going to take for, you know, 
people in the Northeast region to look at this and, yeah. you know, can we get manufacturing back into the Northeast region? You know, you look at the, the heyday of Manchester and a lot of these other towns, you know, Franklin, Pittsfield, Farmington. These also all used to be huge industrial towns and, sure. and with mills of, of different sorts and whatnot. And, you know, Manchester is a perfect example. You drive up along 93, you head north or south, you look on the other side of the river and there's these massive mill buildings that fortunately somebody's taken the insight to renovate them and repurpose them and reuse yep. them. But can you imagine the workforce that those oh, those yeah. people had? Yeah. And what we often fail to forget is that they decided that, well, what are we going to do to take care of our people and our workforce? Well, they built the workforce housing for them. Mm -hmm. So you look across Canal Street at the apartments that line the entire hill all the way up to Elm Street. Yeah, exactly. And that was your workforce housing back in the day. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Yeah. Keep, keep your workforce right on hand. Could walk to work. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Fall out of bed and almost uh, land in, 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 the, in the mill. Uh, in the studio, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But I, I did see a statistic, Dan, that uh, automakers worldwide, this is worldwide now, produced about 8 million fewer vehicles uh, last year than planned due to product shortages. Mm, that's yeah. not a surprise at all. Um, 8 million. Yeah. Yeah, And so you can imagine that if the auto manufacturers worldwide, now we're talking not just here in our own little country, right. in our own little bubble, but right. across the world, if they can't produce the vehicles that they need because of a supply chain issue, what's really going on? Yeah, exactly. Dan Weed is here, Weed Family Automotive. If you have a question for Dan, do not hesitate to call, or if you uh, have seen a uh, uh, and uh, an intriguing uh, license plate recently, 603-224-1450. is the number to call. Uh, and GM, their uh, financial report just came out recently. And uh, their income, General Motors, not that anybody's going to hold benefit dinners for General Motors, but their net <laughs> income uh, dropped 40% in the second quarter of this year. Hmm. Yeah. Their net income. So let's yeah. think about this. Yeah. Gross income versus net income. So yeah. the net is what they base their profit margins on and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Uh, but gross, imagine General Motors' gross income worldwide. Yeah. Now, we often forget you know, that Ford, GM, Chrysler are also invested in many other forms of transportation and other industries. So you know, when you're talking income in the billions of dollars every year, it's a, a pretty substantial number, and to be off by forty percent on your net profit, yeah, right? You know what does that do to your gross sales? Yeah, no, exactly. So, you can see, uh, I mean, the cars are out there, folks, uh, but uh, not in uh, the numbers they once were on on lots everywhere. No, and yeah. I, you know, you, you look at a lot of the dealerships, and again, in our own little area here in the capital region. And the inventory levels are off everywhere. We're yeah. starting to see them come back a little bit. I was helping a friend last week. He was looking for a one-ton diesel pickup to tow a camper with. Uh, out of five Ram dealers in the area, not one one-ton diesel to be found. Wow. Yep. That is amazing. And, you know, yeah. one of the higher volume dealers in the area, they might have had one or two, but not in the trim levels and, you know, options that he wanted. Yeah. So, wow. you know, you got certain categories mm -hmm. of cars and trucks that are just almost non-existent out there. And the used car market, how, how is that, uh, uh, is that changed in recent months or, or is it still uh, 
slim pickings out there. The inventory levels are getting a yeah. little bit better. I'm starting to, I gauge it by a couple of, you know, well-known, you know, facilities in the area and that I drive by on a regular basis. I look at their inventory levels and kind of gauge it. But then I look around at some other places that specialize in like a certain type of, uh, like a Toyota pickup truck or something like that, or yeah. GM or Ford trucks. And they seem to be well stocked, but their prices are well above what you would normally expect. Mm. So th- there's, a, there's a trade-off there. You can get a reasonably priced used vehicle where your inventory and, and pickings are a little bit slim, or you go to a place that has all sorts of choices, but you're going to pay full boat. Yeah. There you go. Dan Weed with us, Weed Family Automotive. They are located at 124 Store Street in Concord. You can call them right now if you would like to make an appointment for your vehicle at 603-225-7988. You can check them out online at uh, weedfamilyautomotive.com. Don't forget about uh, Weed TV at uh, weedfamilyautomotive.com. Longest-running, world-famous miniseries. There, there you go. <laughs> and if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, not, all kinds of great, uh, uh, you know, great uh, little vignettes about, you know, safety and uh, your automotive repair, and it's just great. And, you know, bring the family uh, and uh, just go on a binge-watch of, uh, <laughs> of Weed TV, folks. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, you binge-watch, you know, things that uh, don't make any sense at all to me. Uh, why don't you watch something that uh, you could learn something from? But I guess that's not the, the American way these days. But uh, WeedFamilyAutomotive.com is the website. And, again, if you'd like to uh, uh, ask Dan a question or uh, get a, an opinion from Dan about some uh, issue that you may be having with your vehicle, feel free to uh, pick up the phone, uh, unless you're driving, uh, 603-224-1450. That's the number to call here at WKXL if you have a question for Dan or would like to uh, comment perhaps on uh, a recent uh, vanity plate that you saw or if you have one that you would like to brag about ah one number fits all 603-224-1450 and here at wkxl nhtalkradio.com it is kale and company live dan weed is our guest right up until the top of the hour and if you missed any of this program or if you just want to hear it again we'll repeat it for you at 7 o'clock tonight, right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. Back with Dan Re- Dan Weed right after these messages. Don't go away. We are back. It is Kale and Company live on this Wednesday. Great to have you along with us. Dan Weed in studio from Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. You can uh, make an appointment with them right now. I'm assuming that uh, Bobby and Charlie are standing by. They were when I left. Okay. What happens uh, after uh, I you, leave the you door? You never know. Who knows? When, when Who knows? the cat's away, as they say. 603-225-7988 if you would like to make an appointment there. Or if you would like to ask Dan Weed a question or have uh, an issue with your vehicle, uh, 603 603- 224-1450, give us a call. We've also been talking about uh, vanity plates and the amount of them per capita here in the Granite State. And I, I think we're right, Dan, per capita, New Hampshire has the most vanity plates. Even though they've, they've changed, uh, you know, the way they approve vanity plates uh, these days, uh, I, I think we still lead the league, as it were. Yeah, and, and some rather intriguing ones, too. Yeah. 
So uh, I, I managed to load up the Facebook group, and it is yeah. called Vanity PL8. So Vanity yeah, okay, like, okay, So okay, that, that yes, is your yes. Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, so here's one of the ones off the top, and it's Y-E-L-W-S-N-O. Yellow snow. Yellow snow. Yellow snow. <laughs> it's on a, on a, it's on a, a bright yellow plow truck. <laughs> There are a lot of them out there. Yep. No, no doubt about it. If you have one, or if you've spotted one, or if you're behind one right now, uh, uh, give us a call six zero three two two four fourteen fifty. JD Power and Associates uh, released the results of its uh, 2022 automotive performance, execution, and layout uh, study, and found that uh, premium brands are on the average, more favorable to consumers, you know, brands that you've been familiar with for years and years, and that electric vehicles, electric vehicles, Dan, are still not as appealing to consumers as gas-powered vehicles. <laughs> not yet, hmm. anyway. Let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, okay, no. <laughs> There's still something about the sound of a nice V8 engine that is really exciting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I, I don't know. I didn't see the numbers, you know, what, what percent of the people favored uh, uh, fuel-powered vehicles to uh, electric vehicles. Uh, but uh, still, the numbers were in favor of the fuel-powered vehicles, despite the fact that our gas prices are, are higher than they normally are. But they are, they are coming down a little bit, a little bit. It's funny that we get excited about the gas prices going down. We're seeing almost $5 or more than $5 per gallon of gas yeah. prices, and we're yeah. excited that it's under or getting near or around four. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, so we get conditioned know. to these things. <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, boy. Jeez, I got I got my gas for 419 the other day. Isn't that great, huh? <laughs> I guess it's better than 489 or a this little over true. five bucks, you know. And now, even on the highway at the uh, at the Irving Station on uh, 93 on both sides at the rest areas, they're below five bucks now. So that's good. Uh, they're like 487 the last time I saw it, I think, or something like that. <laughs> And, and and diesel is still up there as well. So, uh, but now talk about diesel, uh, Dan. Diesel uh, better gas mileage than uh, your standard uh, gasoline. Yes, yes, most definitely. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 And t- you know, we've seen it even back in the early '80s when Volkswagen had their little rabbit diesel pickup trucks, yeah. or Ford had their little tempo diesel sedan. You know, back then the diesels were getting anywhere from. 30 to 40 plus miles to gallon, if not more, you know, and of course diesel was much less money than, that time, than it yeah. is now. Yeah. You, know, you have to, I guess that persona of the diesel back in the age, you know, the, the belching black smoke out of the trucks and the, you know, city buses and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And then I think GM actually had a, a, a really great advertising campaign because they had uh, for limited time that Chevrolet Cruze diesel. And what they did is they put, you know, bunch of guy engineers in lab in white lab coats and one put his hand down behind the exhaust and you know it came out clean so, yeah and that's the way most of your diesels are now yeah is you know they're, they're very clean burning really all they put out is some particulate emissions more than anything and that's been t- you know rectified with the new diesel exhaust systems that they have out there and a particulate capturing system in it so you know the diesel fuel mileage is there and the performance is definitely there in the diesel now compared to what it used to be because, again, that you didn't get the acceleration or performance that you had in the gas engine out of the diesel. But now, 
my goodness, the, the pulling power of a diesel right up from the factory. I mean, the GM diesel right now, uh, last I looked, and I haven't looked recently, but it was something like 465 horsepower and 900 plus foot pounds of torque from that diesel engine. And that's pretty amazing when you're looking at towing capacities and whatnot. And, you know, Ford and Dodge are right up there with them with their diesel program. And again, you know, with a one-ton diesel pickup, if you drive it, I'll call it a little conservatively, it's nothing to get 20 to 25 miles per gallon with something like that. And, Mm. you know, in the realm of a pickup truck with a big diesel engine, that's actually pretty amazing. You know, back in the day, we used to think that if we got, you know, 10 to maybe 15 miles a gallon at best, then you were doing well. But now we're pushing these diesels in the 20 plus mile per gallon range. You know, and then you put that diesel product in a car or even a smaller pickup truck, and now you're pushing again that 40 mile per gallon envelope on either side of it, wow. which is which is amazing. So diesel, I mean, it has gotten a bad rap uh, over the years. There's no doubt it about has. that. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, you you mainly associated with uh, you know uh, larger o- over the road trucks, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, powered by by diesel or you know the trucks in general. But what what about in your your standard sedan, like a you know automatic sedan? Uh, do you do you ever see diesel uh, 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 diesel powered vehicles? Not like we used to. Yeah. I mean, General Motors unfortunately gave the diesel program a bad rap in the eighties. They tried to convert one of their gas engines to a diesel, and it just didn't work out very well. And they didn't have a, a great successful diesel program after that with their six two and six five. Now Dodge in the early 90s came out with the Cummins diesel. And that's really what changed the market at that point. And Ford had their international diesel, so they, they teamed up with an international harvester. Yeah. Uh, we all joked that it was a corn binder diesel, <laughs> but it worked, it, and it worked well. Uh, after that, you know, Cummins was always a great product for the Dodge you know, program and, and did very well. GM came out with the Duramax lineup in early 2000s. And that's done very well. Now, Ford has struggled on and off with their diesel program in the light truck segment. But in the car segment, it never really picked up. Now, in the European market, again, back in the, say, 80s and 90s, most of what you could get coming from overseas was your Mercedes diesel, your BMW diesel Mm -hmm. uh, in the cars. And it wasn't unusual. Again, you were lacking that power and performance that you expected out of the car. So everybody went back to the gas motors. Now we have a lot of new technology in the gas motors that have made a big difference. And you've got now fuel mileage, power performance in the gas motors, and there really hasn't been a push to go back. Now, in our world, our our fleet is completely backwards from where it is in a lot of other parts in the country, so or world rather. Yeah. So in Europe and a lot of the Western European nations, you diesel cars, diesel truck is 80% of your fleet, mm. where here it's just the opposite we're 80% gasoline or more. So uh, it's been kind of an interesting turn. And of course, in third world countries, it's a lot easier to get gas or diesel than it is gas. And so that's kind of the, I guess the, the push for that. And that's why a lot of these other countries are staying with diesels rather than gas. Hmm. So difficult to get a, uh, a diesel powered sedan in this country. It is, yeah, yeah. 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 Dan Weed is with us. Weed Family Automotive is uh, his business and has been since, what, 1995 now? Yeah, it's been, and, uh, been a long run. a few it's years. And uh, 
He's available at uh, 603-225-7988 to make an appointment at 124 Store Street, uh, conveniently uh, located adjacent to uh, downtown Concord. And if you have a question for Dan right now, if you want some immediate advice on uh, your vehicle, you can give us a call here live on WKXL at 603-224-1450. Let me give that number one more time. 603-224-1450. Just like we're 1450 on the AM dial. Dan Weed is here from Weed Family Automotive. Happy to take your calls and give you uh, some automotive advice right here live on the radio on uh, WKXL. Hey, uh, the... Uh, Auto show is coming up, the uh, Detroit Auto Show, which is still the big one, right? That's still, or is, or is, or has been, has that been exceeded as well? Oh, I think it's been dwindling, of course, the really? last couple of years, and and they've kind of moved it to some different venues, and you're yeah. starting to see some of the other shows take over and, and take center stage, but. Here in the U.S., yeah, the Detroit Auto Show is is the place to go. Some exciting news, though, coming out from the uh, Detroit Auto Show, which is in September. But uh, we'll talk about that when we come back from this break. And if you'd like to uh, give Dan a call here on the radio, 603-224-1450. If you've been having an issue with your vehicle, Dan uh, would be happy to give you some advice or some counseling or whatever you need <laughs> at 603-224-1450. It is Kale and Company live. We're at WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and anywhere that you may be at nhtalkradio.com. We'll be back with Dan Weed right after these important messages, so stand by for more. It is Kale and Company Live. Great to have you along with us. Dan Weed in studio from Weed Family Automotive. And again, folks, uh, we, we are live so we can take phone calls. And uh, uh, Dan is happy to answer your uh, questions about uh, any difficulties you've been having with your automobile or uh, any kind of vehicle you may have at 603 224 1450. 603 224 1450. So, Dan, what would what would you say are the uh, is the percentage of electric vehicles that uh, you work on as opposed to standard uh, fuel powered uh, vehicles? Well, just strictly electric vehicles, uh, I would say less than one percent. Less than one. Yes. Really. Yeah. Now, is that a sign that they don't need uh, as much maintenance, or the fact that there aren't uh, you know there's that that number out there? I think it's it's more yeah. that there's not the number out there. I mean, we're they're more and more prevalent in our day to day world, uh, but as far as what we see as maintenance and repairs, you know, they're so new yet that we really haven't seen a need for doing a lot of work to them. I can't even tell you that we put a set of tires on one yet, and that really? would be the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we did discover that there is a certain brand out there that there is still. Uh, fluids and filters that need to be changed on uh, certain drivetrain components. So that was interesting to find out. Yeah. Uh, but there, at the time we looked, there was no service or maintenance interval available or, for that matter, parts to be able to get. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, how about uh, hybrid vehicles? They're, they're, they're pretty popular. Aren't they, they are. Yeah. They're very yeah. popular. Yeah. And we see quite a bit more of those than anything else, yeah. you know, in that segment of, yeah. you know, hybrid electric cars. But, you know, the, the hybrid car has been around now 
for 20 plus years. Yeah, right. You know, the, yeah. the Prius came out in yeah. the early 2000s. Sure. I believe 01 was Gen 1 in the Prius. And then you also had the uh, Honda Insight. So we've been dealing with hybrids for 20 or so years. Yeah. And I think it's a lot more uh, accepted mode of transportation as far as fuel economy and whatnot. Of course, again, we've been dealing with it for 20 years. Yeah. And it's a proven platform at this point too. Yeah. Know? Uh, we see very few problems with the with the hybrid drivetrain systems and you know regular repairs. So I think you're going to find that uh, out of all the options is going to be your more popular segment of that hybrid EV car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. But uh, you know, electric, I, I guess, is uh, is taking off, and uh, I-, I guess a-, a lot of its success will have to uh, coincide. You know, with the fa- you know, with the availability of, of charging stations and uh, uh, people's confidence in buying an electric car, knowing they could take a trip uh, of uh, a long duration, and there would be uh, charging stations along the way. Yeah, and uh, there was an article that came out. I believe it was last week that uh, Tesla is looking up to open up their charging stations to other brands and makes. Oh, really? Yeah. So and making it more universal? More, more yeah. universal. Yeah. They'll have yeah. adapters available, whether it's, you know, a, a Ford, a Nissan, a GM, whatever it happens to be. So it won't matter. So oh, they'll okay. have adapters available. And of yeah. course, you know, one of the things that uh, people kind of, we don't hear talked about very much is that you still have to pay to have, you know, your Tesla charged after oh, yeah. a year or two, or you have to pay, you know, for your Nissan or Chevy, whatever it happens to be to be charged. So there is a cost involved with recharging your electric vehicle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it, yeah, it's not free, folks. What, nothing's free, no. right? Nothing really uh, is free. And uh, yeah, there's that, that charging element. And uh, so the batteries on the uh, on the electric vehicles now, is the capacity uh, ever increasing? Uh, are they getting to that point where you're going to get more mileage out of it? Most definitely. I yeah. mean, typically you're starting to see, and I've found it more with Tesla is kind of on the forefront, but most of all the other EV manufacturers are op- offering a base model of vehicle. And then you can, you know, obviously upfit it with different options, but one of those options is a bigger capacity battery. Yeah. yeah. And they are out there. They are out there. And they're yeah. out there. Yeah. So what is like the max now? For, let's say highway, you know, highway driving, what would it be? They're, so they're pushing that 300-mile envelope yeah. comfortably, and that seems to be the push is that getting into that 300, 350 range because mm-hmm. now you're pushing the same envelope with a gas motor, so you have that comparison as far as charging. And if you can find a level one charger, you can be recharged typically in under an hour at this point. Really? So, yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, it's certainly not your... 10 or 15 minute gas and go stop that right. you have yeah. with your gas vehicle. But it's certainly, you know, to be able to do a level one charger, have the car charge a full charge in under an hour is a lot more appealing. And, you know, at these charging stations, typically, you know, you look at ours in the rest areas, you know, yeah. they give you some amenities to go shop around. You can go to the liquor store, you can yeah. go to grab a you know sandwich or something like that, sure. or, yeah. you know, gift shop and, and look around. So right. if you have some amenities in the area, there's one uh, just north of Concord, I believe, north 20, exit 24, 26, and it's part right next to a Dunkin' Donuts and a McDonald's. So, I mean. What more could you <laughs> want, right? Charge your electric vehicle, have a cup of coffee, a burger, whatever, a filet of fish sandwich, and you're good to go. And you're off and running. Yep. Wow. 
So, you know, if there's some amenities in the area, if you just have a charging station on its own, then it, yeah. it's probably not as attractive. But, you know, I think, you know, in the case we were just talking on break about downtown Concord, you know, I think a, a great spot for some charging stations would be uh, in the parking lot next to the mall on Store Street, you know. Yeah. You don't have to tie up your premium spots on Main Street with charging stations, but Store Street's a block off Main Street and it'd be a great location for a, a charging station set up. And with the grant program that uh, the state got from Volkswagen, then uh, there's a great use for uh, yeah. potential, you know, grant money and Volkswagen and a great charging facility in downtown Concord. Well, I, I see they're doing some excavation and uh, some future uh, construction down there at the uh, plaza. It's been on, uh, on Store yeah, Street. It's yeah. been busy. So the uh, the Capital Shopping Center, as it's well known, what used to be the old train station. Yeah. Uh, as they found doing excavation work for what's going to be, I believe, a new 110 grill and uh, Starbucks or Aroma Joe's. Yeah. Uh, in the Capital Center parking lot there, but uh, in doing the excavation work, uh, the old bricks that they've pulled up and. Have you seen, as of late last week, they had to, the old granite foundations from some of the buildings that they pulled up. So they're having to do a bunch of excavation work, bring fill back in, compact it, and get it ready for the new buildings to go in. But in doing so, they've found historical remnants of really? yeah. the old train station. I wasn't aware of that. Wow. That, that is really something because uh, you know, that's right there within a stone's throw, folks, of uh, Weed Family Automotive. And uh, so, so you would know, but I did not know about the artifacts that they've come up with while excavating. So that, that is really something. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch. And, you know, you kind of knew that given the history of the fact that that Capital Shopping Center from Store Street uh, all the way up to about where the interstate was, was the entire train yard with the train station back, yeah. in, back in its heyday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that area was the, the railway hub of the Capital's, you know, of Concord, so and the tracks are still there. Right? There, there are still some tracks so, there, yeah, and yeah. you know, unbeknownst to a lot of people, the train runs two or three times a week with different supplies coming through there. Yeah, yeah. Now the the tracks are the track conditions are in uh, question, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But they are still used. But they are still there. Yeah. and used yeah. on a regular basis. I bet a lot of people don't know that. No, it's you know pretty amazing some of the stuff that they bring through. Of course, you know the the power plant and bow they they supply a lot of coal for yeah. the power plant yeah uh but some of the other things that you don't hear about is there's a company down in bow that uh, hauls telephone poles so they bring the phone poles in on the trains uh, a bunch of lumber is brought into the on the trains uh the steel recycling plant on hall street uh also hauls all their materials away once it's crushed up in the rail cars uh, you have fertilizer that's going and grain that goes to Blue Seal and Bow. Yeah. And so there's actually quite a lot of train activity and train commerce in the area that goes unseen. It, it really does. It really does. What, what time do, uh, of the day do they, do they generally come through? It, it's all hours of yeah. the day. It depends yeah. on their schedule and what they have to move cars around with. But, you know, we've seen them early morning, late at night middle of the day and it, yeah. and it changes can, can you feel the rumble when they come through oh or, yeah. yeah yeah you do yeah yeah because yeah. i mean you're right there right yeah the, the tracks are right adjacent to our parking lot so we, we see we see everything and yeah you, know. you, you see it all you see it all at, at weed family automotive and uh, folks if you have any uh, you know automotive issues weed is the place to go they've been keeping my car on the road uh, for years now uh, almost 211,000 miles. Now, we were talking before the show 
that uh, what what's the most mileage you've seen on a vehicle that's come into your shop? We've seen the 325 to 350 range uh, for mileage. And I know there's cars that are out there that have more. Uh, I alluded to the fact that I just recently sold one of my personal vehicles that had 280,000 miles on it. Yeah. And so, you know, we used to joke that after 60, 70,000 miles, you had to get rid of the car and trade it in. Right. But now, yeah. you know, 100,000 miles is nothing. Nothing. And just breaking it in. Yeah. yeah. 200,000 yeah. miles is not unusual these days. Right. You know, yeah. you, you get to that 275 to 300,000, and now you're starting to push the envelope, but they're out there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, uh, people are of the mindset now that they want to keep their cars uh, longer, uh, you know, because of the fact that the price of a vehicle has, has gone up. Uh, quite a bit uh, over the years. And uh, the electric cars, well, they're out of the price range of uh, many, many people. But Dan Weed, always great to have you with us here on WKXL. Great to be back. Hope you come back soon. And uh, if you want to make an appointment at Weed Family Automotive, 603-225-7988. They are conveniently located at 124 Store Street in Concord. You can see the excavation of the uh, Capitol Shopping Center while you're over there in the vicinity. And uh, you can make an appointment online, too, at WeedFamilyAutomotive.com. Dan, thanks for being with us. Thank you. And that'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company Live. If you missed any of it or want to hear it again, and there's certainly good reason for that, uh, you can tune in tonight at 7 o'clock right here on WKXL. We thank you for joining us. See you tomorrow, just a little after 8 a.m.